I know it's not the yummy crackers and juice that we're used to, but guys, it was taking so long to pass that out and to set it up. So it's a little harder to navigate. You have to peel the top off and the wafer doesn't taste yummy. I'm so sorry, but I really think this is the best way for us to go. So Lord, we thank you for your presence. Lord, we thank you for this special day that we get to celebrate you, Jesus. It's all about you, what you did on the cross for us through your death and resurrection and salvation and healing. And Lord, what, a, what an awesome day. It's an anniversary of Pentecost Sunday. Lord, we thank you that you love to heal your children. You still do signs and wonders and miracles today. And Lord, we just thank you that even as a church family, we know the best is yet to come. Lord, we thank you for the testimonies that we continually get, that you're healing, that you're setting the captives free, that you're moving mightily on behalf of your bride and your church. And we thank you for that, Lord. So I just have a couple scriptures the Lord put on my heart. I'm going to share, um, and then we're going to take communion together. Um, Isaiah 53, most of you know this was um, a prophetic picture of what Jesus was going to do on the cross for us. And it's also in 1 Peter 2, 23 through 25. And I'm just going to read that um, out of the Amplified Version real quick. And just 22, we know Jesus committed no son, no sin, nor was deceit ever found in his mouth. While being reviled and insulted, he did not revile or insult in return. While suffering, he made no threats of vengeance, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross, willingly offering himself on it as on an altar of sacrifice so that we might die to sin, becoming immune from the penalty and power of sin and live for righteousness. For by his wounds, you who believe have been healed. There's many scriptures that say, and even in Isaiah, by his stripes, we were healed. We were healed on the cross when he shed his blood for us. It's a part of the package deal. And I think we forget that. It's so easy for me to believe I'm saved. I'm confident in knowing I'm saved. But sometimes because of the fallen world and the disappointments in my circumstances, it's harder to believe sometimes that he's really going to heal me. That he's really going to restore my broken heart. That he's going to really work things out in the land of the living. But that is what he did on that cross for us today. For you who were continually wandering like so many sheep, but now have come back to the shepherd and the guardian of your souls. I absolutely love that. Pentecost Sunday, as Mike shared, is defined and marked by the power of God coming to the church. And how many of you know we need the power of God like never before? 
We're seeing Satan rear his ugly head in every way he can, targeting our children in all nefarious forms. We need the power of God like never before. And I see God moving mightily in the church that believes in him, that trusts him to do those things. And I think the more we prepare our hearts and believe what he has for us, the more that we're going to experience the power of God. Amen. For some reason, the Lord really struck me with this particular verse in John 5, 1 through 9. So we're going to read that together. In the Passion Translation, I think we have, okay. Then Jesus returned to Jerusalem to observe one of the uh, Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate, there is a pool called in Aramaic, the House of Loving Kindness. I love the Passion Translation because it goes right into the Greek and the Hebrew meaning. It's a pool of Bethesda in other versions, but it actually means the House of Loving Kindness. I just love that. And the pool is surrounded by five covered porches. Hundreds of sick people were lying there on the porches, the paralyzed, the blind, and the crippled, all of them waiting for their healing. And then an angel of God would come periodically and descend into the pool to stir the waters. The first one who stepped into the pool after the waters swirled would instantly be healed. Now there was a man who had been disabled for 38 years. Say that with me. 38 years lying among the multitude of the sick when Jesus saw him lying there he knew that the man had been crippled for a long time so Jesus said to him do you truly long to be healed I think other versions say what is it that you want the sick man answered him sir there's no way I can get healed for I have no one who will lower me into the water When the angel comes, as soon as I try to crawl to the edge of the pool, someone else jumps in ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, stand up, pick up your sleeping mat, and you will walk. Immediately stood up, and he was healed. He rolled up his mat and walked again. Now this miracle took place on the Jewish Sabbath, which we know um, causes all kinds of problems for Jesus, and the Jews are all upset about that. But I absolutely love this story because after 38 years, I think that number is very significant. You would give up all hope, wouldn't you? And I also love it because this pool of Bethesda is uh, symbolic of the old covenant where, you know, by chance, maybe you'll get healed. If you wait for the angel to come, perhaps you can get healed. But really, it wasn't that possible. Do you know what I'm saying? And Jesus just walks on. He tears off all boundaries. And he walks in and he says, rise up and walk, you are healed. Did you guys notice that when Jesus healed people, he just told them what to do? He didn't say, oh God, if it's your will, you know, Maybe it's your desire. It's always Jesus' desire to heal and make his people whole. And I know a lot of us has suffered loss, but I would rather have my heart believe for the greatest and the best, even if I'm one of those like the heroes of faith that entered into my dying years, believing until the end, even if I didn't see my promise. Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a restorer. That's who he is. That's what he does. He wants to do it for us. I believe he wants to change the way we think about him. 
we have been hearing so many testimony. Um, someone last week during worship just got healed of many, many things. And those of you who don't know us very well, our primary call is a house of his presence. And we've gotten prophetic words and it plays out that people are just going to be healed in his presence because that's what he does. That's who he is and that's what he does. Um, we had been talking to someone who had physical ailments for well over 15 years and the doctors couldn't help them. And how many of you know that gets discouraging? And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, they're getting their healing. All of a sudden, everything lined up in order and uh, things just started working and it, it makes no sense in their mind or even in the medical world. I just wanna encourage you guys that I believe the greatest healing miracles are to come. I believe the greatest outpouring is right upon us. And I want to stir your faith and have you press in into believing for you and your loved ones that Jesus is the healer. And he loves to heal. That's what he does. The Lord gave me Psalms 55:22, and I feel like this is significant for us today. Cast your burdens on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. God will deal with your enemies if you trust him to do so by giving it all to him. I love other translations in that as well because it just gives more detail into how God loves us to pour our heart out to him with our words. He loves the relationship part. And when we share what's in our heart, that's when we really know what's in our heart. Do you know what I mean? And yes, God knows what we need, but just like Jesus said, what do you want? He wants us to tell him what we need. He wants that intimacy and that friendship, and he wants to carry that burden for you. First Peter 5, 6, and 7 says, pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there, for he always tenderly cares for you. I don't know about you guys, but I like to give it to him, but I'd like to take it back too. There's something about leaving it there and giving it to him over and over and letting him take care of it. And he always does. He always takes care of our needs, doesn't he? He's so good and he's so faithful. So as we prepare for communion, I'm gonna read out of um, Corinthians. And we're gonna take a minute to prepare our hearts. Does everybody have their communion packets? Okay. So 1 Corinthians 11, I'm going to start with um, verse 26. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are retelling the story, proclaiming our Lord's death until he comes. For this reason, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in the wrong spirit will be guilty of dishonoring the body and the blood of the Lord. So let each individual first evaluate his own attitude and only then eat the bread and drink the cup. For continually eating and drinking with the wrong spirit will bring judgment upon yourself by not recognizing the body. This insensitivity is why many of you are weak, chronically ill, and some even dying. If you do not sit in the judgment of others, you will avoid judgment yourself. But when we are judged, it is the Lord's training so that we will not be condemned along with the world. I know that's intense, but you guys, this is such a serious thing that we're eating his body, 
drinking his blood. It's an intimate time that we have with the Lord. And we need to search our hearts. I don't know about you guys, but I don't even know what's in my heart sometimes. It's a good thing to daily ask God, show me what's in my heart that I need to get rid of and make right and forgive. And he is so faithful to do that, isn't he? He's not going to do it unless you ask him. So let's just take a minute. Um, even as David prayed, Lord, search me and show my heart. Show me my heart. Show me if there's any wicked way in me, oh God. So Holy Spirit, we are asking as a church family, God, that you would show us if there's anything in our heart that would grieve you, that you're not pleased with. And Lord, we ask you to forgive us of our sins, to forgive us of those things that maybe we didn't trust you with. Lord, forgive us in those areas where we've lost hope, oh God, where we didn't believe you were going to come through for us. Forgive us, Lord, if there's any areas of, of sin that we need to stop. Even the man that was healed after 38 years later on, Jesus said, go and sin no more because something worse might happen to you guys. When we're in sin, it's not that Jesus makes us sick. It's an open door for the enemy because we're missing the mark. So we want to make sure that we guard this precious gift that Jesus gave us and walk in righteousness. And then I'm going to ask you to voice, what is it that you want today? What is it that you need today? And you can do this in your heart. I'm sure you don't want your neighbor to hear you. But will you just take a minute and just say, what do you want from Jesus today? He wants to know. He wants you to articulate what is it that you need. Whatever it is, he wants to be your provider. He's Jehovah Jireh, your provider. He's your shepherd. He's your healer. He's your portion. He's your helper. Whatever you need, Jesus is here for you. So will you just tell him what you want today? Tell him what you need. Lord, we thank you that you're Abba, our Father, that you're our friend, that you love us like no other, that you'll never let us down. Lord, we thank you that you want to carry every burden. And Lord, you're going to take care of it and redeem it, and you're going to strengthen us in the process. Lord, we trust your timing. We trust your goodness. And so, Lord, we just give you all these things, Lord, before we take of communion. Our hearts are right. And if you're here today and haven't accepted Jesus in your heart, this is communion is for when you've accepted Jesus in your heart. So I'm, if you want to accept Jesus in your heart, I'm going to say a prayer. And if you're online that you can partake. And if you're at home, it's very, very important. And it's just so simple. Will you guys just repeat after me? Jesus, I thank you that you died for my sins. I ask you to forgive me. And I invite you into my life today to be Lord and King of my life. Lord, I give my life over to you. And I thank you for your stripes that were healed, your stripes that were, sh that were shed, and your body that was broken 
that I can be saved and I can be totally healed in Jesus' name. Okay. 1 Corinthians 11, 23. I've handed down to you what came to me by direct revelation from the Lord himself the same night in which he was handed over. He took the bread and gave thanks. So let's get out our little wafers. And he distributed it to the disciples and said, take it and eat to your fill. This is my body, which was given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he did the same with the cup of wine after supper and said, this cup, hang on. This cup seals the new covenant with my blood. Drink it, and whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So we're going to take a few minutes to do ministry time now, and um, I'm going to invite Timothy up, maybe Mike Clyde, and we're just going to see what the Lord wants to do. How are you guys doing?